effective and resilient. Before you can move to the next chapter of your life to be empowered, you have to deal with your past. So today, uh, we're here to empower and encourage women to reclaim their power and identity. Hello, uh, Miss Katina. Hello. Good. I'm so glad that you uh, have agreed to uh, do this interview today or to talk with us on this podcast. Uh, I am very intrigued with the ministry that you do as it relates to the healing of the broken spirit and heart. Um, And I would like for you to kind of give us, um, I I read the scripture, I believe that it's on your uh, website and it's Psalms of 147 and 3. And it reads, he uh, heal it the broken in heart and bind it up the wounds. Tell me, how does that um, uh, help the ministry as you um, as you lead and you coach uh, women or people um, for their through the healing process? Sure. Well, when I think about that scripture, to me, it's emphasizing that God can and that God will heal our brokenness, our broken hearts, and then like balm to the soul, he can bandage up our wounds where they're no longer looking as wounds and they are appearing as scars, okay? Mm -hmm. And then uh, none of our brokenness is too far away from God. Sometimes we get into the mindset that I've done too much for Mm -hmm. me to turn back around. And I believe that that is a lie. Uh, It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie from the enemy. And we just got to call out to God. We have to trust him. And then we have got to trust the process. Mm. Uh, You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times as Christians, we often forget that we have a role to play in the healing process. We kind of think that because the promises are there in scripture, that means that we don't have to do anything. We can kind of just sit back, (laughs) you know? And so it makes me think about when you look at the man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus healed him. And he asked him before he healed him, will thou be made whole? And then he told him to take up his bed and walk. He did not say, let me pick up your bed for you. So we have a responsibility that needs to take place on our part. We're promised in the word about having that abundant life. Jesus tells us, I came to, you know, that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I came to give life and to give it to you more abundantly. We cannot have that abundant living if we are not going through our process of healing however long that looks like, however long it takes, whatever manner or fashion that it looks like. And uh, we cannot walk in that freedom of abundant living if we're in bondage to our brokenness. And, you know, it'll start off for a little while. The next thing you know, it's five years in it, 10 years, 20 years, 30, you know, 40 years have passed and we're still in bondage by our brokenness. And then we're thinking, well, 
God promised me all of this. This doesn't look like, you know, what he promised and what I'm living does not match up, you know? And so that causes, in a sense, it can cause a little bit, I guess I would say, cognitive dissonance, but it's because we are thinking he has to do everything and we just sit back and relax. You know, we have to do our part in the process. There's work that's required and uh, Jesus is not going to pick up the phone and call our therapist for us. He's not going to sign us up for a support group. You know, he's not going to uh, release our emotions for us. He's not going to journal for us to call a friend and say, I need some prayer. I'm going through. Can you just please pray for me and help me? You know, and so when we sit in our powerlessness, that just invokes more powerlessness. And we go into what they call that learned helplessness mode. Ooh. And you see what Repeat I'm saying? Repeat that again, that learned Learn yeah. <laughs> and then we, you know, we get to a point of just settling and being like in, in, in a state of I call it stagnation. We're not yeah. moving, you know, and at the same time, we're like, well, this is what God said, and not realizing we have to do something. Like with like I said, perfect example was the man at the pool of Bethesda. He just laid there for 38 years. And yeah. when Jesus came to him, he gave him an excuse. Well, I was, but, and I can't, but, and it just goes back to what you stated about the process of healing. We have to take part in our own process to be healed um, because it's there for us. And I heard a, a statement today. It says, faith believe, but hope is expected. Yes. Faith believes, but hope is expected. Mm -hmm. And you could you could believe, but if you don't have no hope. And um, I think there's a scripture in the Bible that says patience work it, uh hope, hope work it, uh perseverance. Mm -hmm. And so we have to per persevere under pressure. <laughs> Yes. Because the promises are there. And I, I believe in the uh, the book of Daniel, if I wasn't mistaken, they said uh, someone was praying and it said, even before the prayer came off of your lips, I had already answered the prayer. But the king of Persia stopped me. Yes. And so therefore walking in the, the the process it's not easy because I do understand about dealing with loss because I just recently uh, about nine months ago lost my son and for me I had to seek out counsel uh, I had to go to a therapist uh, you know I'm the person that people always call and say hey can you pray for me? Can you agree with me? But I had to learn for myself because I was feeling alone. I found myself um, being feeling isolated, uh, not getting out of the bed. So I had to seek out the same thing as a coach. What I what I share with uh, my clients is the same. I had to do it for myself. The process of healing. Yes. Because like um, because there is so many things when you lose something, 
or someone that's close to you. There's so many things that come up. It's not just the loss. There are other things, unanswered questions. You know, uh, if not just losing a person, when you lose a job, what could I have done differently? You know, why didn't they hire me? Was I not good enough? Did I not meet the deadlines? You know, it's the what, what ifs that really, really eat away at, at you. That is so true. Okay. So um, the, the, I want to uh, ask you this question because it just leads into this. Do you think um, because we suffer with an identity crisis, um, two, it's a twofold question. Do you think we devalue ourselves by the words we speak over our, our lives and or the spirit of comparison? You know what? I believe that as women, we devalue ourselves all the time. And we say things to ourselves a lot of times that we would never say to other people, you know? Or if we say it to them, it's not as nearly as harsh. You see what I'm saying? That's true. And yeah. And so my therapist, um, me going through my journey, she helped me to realize that a lot of times when we are saying it outwardly to others, we are projecting whatever mm. happened with us onto that other person's situation. You see what mm. I'm saying? And yeah. because we're thinking this ourselves, that's our own inner critic, but we're taking our inner critic, uh, that criticism level that we have for ourselves and we're putting it out there and thinking this is what that person thinks of me when it might not even be what that person think of you. <laughs> of you is what you think of yourself and you're taking it and projecting it on to uh, that other person and so like when we're devaluing ourselves we're using those death words that the scripture talks about how we mm -hmm. can I hello there's a book that's entitled the body keeps the score okay mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in that book they talk about and i'm a witness to it myself our bodies hold memories for everything that we've gone through the memories are in our cells they're throughout our bodies and so when we're speaking those deaf words we're internalizing those words in our minds our body is remembering that and our souls are being damaged at the same time and I'm gonna give you a perfect example. I was watching a popular television show and I won't say the name of the show. I was watching that show, good actors and actresses involved, good storyline. I had to come out of that show a good, I don't even know if I lasted 15 minutes. Uh, there was so much of one particular word that they were saying, my body literally started aching all over. Wow. Started aching you know, because of the amount of times that they kept saying that word and with the, how much force. And I thought maybe, like, you know, I, sometimes you say, okay, well, it's probably just like this part, but it just kept going. And I was like, I gotta come out of this. I, I cannot sit here and allow, uh, you know, my mind, body and soul to just pull that in. You know, it, it, it was too much. So we do a lot of time, just like my body was aching we say things to ourselves that cause our bodies to ache, our mind, bodies, and souls. And then 
you know, we'll just something simple as we left out the door and went somewhere, we've forgotten something. And then next thing you know, we're going, you are so, and then we'll fill in the blank with something ourselves. You see, mm-hmm. how could mm-hmm. you have done that? And then the thing about we're asking ourselves this, we're only human. But like I said, we're harder. A lot of times we can be harder on ourselves than we are on other individuals. You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. instead of realizing we're human, we're going to make mistakes. <laughs> it's part of life. And sometimes we're going to make super duper crazy mistakes, but we're going to make them. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And then when we get to the point of comparing what we do there, we minimize when we get into the spirit Ooh. of comparison, we minimize the value and uniqueness that we bring to the table and in our creation and the creation that God has made, we minimize that. Okay. Because we're so focused on what someone else has and we forget, we cannot replicate them and they cannot replicate us because we have our culture, we have our wiring, we have race, we have ethnicity, we have schools we've attended, jobs we've worked, expectations from childhood, different cars we drive, different homes we've lived in, different traditions, different neighborhoods, all of that, along with our DNA, helps to uh, let us know that we are all created differently and we cannot replicate. Because to replicate, to to, to have (laughs) what it is that they have that we want and vice versa is to go through what they've gone through. And nine times out of 10, we don't want that either. <laughs> we want what they have. But we don't without going through. We don't want to go through what they went through to get what they have. But that that is so true. You you know, know, plan. And I believe when, when it comes to devaluing ourselves as well, somewhere along the way in our childhood, either, uh, it happened in our home or outside of our homes or both where somebody told us we are not enough or we are not blank enough. And that could be pretty smart, intellectual enough, whatever they filled in the blank with. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I got that. I get you on that because I was getting ready to give the analogy of a designer. When you look at an Ann Klein, a Halston or Gucci or uh, who is this? Um, my, my kids like uh, uh, Yeezys, uh, yes. Jordans, uh, Nike, Skechers. They're all, I mean, you know, Nike, Skechers, they tennis shoes, but they have a uniqueness about them. And I believe Psalms 139 tells us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And yes. so when we start uh, comparing and devaluing us, like you said, we minimize the greatness, the uniqueness, because it's amazing uh, for us to be who we are. It took a thousand sperms, but it was only one that got caught the egg. Yes. So that's how unique we are. Um, And, you know, we just want our listeners to know that, you know, like you said, no no matter where you come from or who you are, you are enough. You are worthy. 
you know, you don't have to compare yourself uh, to someone else's situation. Um, you know, and I was going to ask you about that because you you, st- you you alluded to that about coming up as a kid. And there were two things is how does culture and our family norms shape our identity? Okay, so with the culture and the family norms, I would say this, the culture plays a role in that it molds us into thinking that we have to do this because we are this or that nationality or belongs to this type of group or this type of race. You know what I'm saying? It molds us into thinking that at a young age. And so, for example, I'll, I'll give an example for like, even when it comes to blacks, you know, um, we have that strong black woman stereotype and then we got the black superwoman stereotype. You see what I'm saying? And with the strong black woman stereotype. Oh, and then we even got the angry black woman stereotype too. So but with the the um, angry black woman stereotype, for example, with that particular one, it goes into basically saying like, we do not deserve, we're not worthy enough of being able to release our emotions. Mm. And that came back, that came into play way back from slavery because back in those times when we were sold, the men couldn't say anything. The mm. women and children couldn't say anything. Forbid if you say something and you were punished or even your life was taken. So as a people, we had to suppress those emotions for survival and for a sense of safety. You see what I'm saying? And that's Mm -hmm. why now as a people, it's so hard for us to display our emotions out in public because we don't feel safe doing it. We feel like we've got to uphold for the woman side of it, that um, angry black woman stereotype, which like I said, it's just nothing but a cover up and a deflection from saying, I don't you deserve to have emotions. Right. You see what I'm saying? And to be yeah. able to process them. You know, yeah. and we got like the black superwoman stereotype where we're supposed to be everything and do everything. Mm-hmm. We're not for everybody. We're not mm-hmm. like we're not energizer bunnies. We can't keep going and going and nothing happening. Right. And we're wearing our mm-hmm. cap. Our capes, so to speak, is coming. So we're wearing the cape and we're just, you know, flying around and taking care of everybody and everything. Our kids, uh, you know, fam- extended family members, immediate family members, and trying to handle our emotional, mental, spiritual, physical health, trying to handle that of the kids. And then we get pulled into everybody else's stuff. And the scripture does say, bear ye one another's burdens. We can get to the point because of our culture and that black superwoman stereotype where we burn our own selves out. We can't, you know, keep going and going like that. And it reminds me of like in the scripture where uh, who was that was Moses's father-in-law came to him and told him he was needing to, you know, like basically like you could take yeah, my- He had to do everything. He said, right, you right. gonna wear yourself out. Yeah, you gonna wear yourself out. You some, appoint you some people. Yes. To help you in the ministry. Right. Do that. Right. Because think about it. To stand there from morning to night, you handling people's problems. You see what I'm saying? 
And the thing about it too with Moses, he had, you know, as my therapist helped me to see when I was, you know, going through that healing process, we're in things because it's providing a need for us or mm -hmm. we wouldn't be doing it. So right. it was kind of like a codependency there. He needed to be needed by them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They were providing a need for him. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, he needed their approval and it helped him to feel good about what he was doing. But it was at the cost and expense of his own emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical health. You see what I'm saying? But th they mm -hmm. needed him to give mm -hmm. uh, to give them the wisdom and knowledge and the word from the Lord, but he needed them because it helped to make him feel good. You see what I'm saying? That approval. So it was like a back and forth relationship like that. But who can do that from morning to night? Yeah. And, and, and that's amazing that you went to that story because it really ties in to a broken spirit. Yes. The things that we do, the things that we do for attention, the things that we do uh, for other people sometimes don't be with the right motives. It's yes. because there is a need that's on the inside of us that mm -hmm. has not yet been addressed. And yep. that makes us feel good. And yes. that comes with that broken identity that mm -hmm. comes with um, that feeling of, I, if I got the power, you know, uh, yep. but that's that that power is a broken power, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. he has the power, but you need to delegate because as a good leader, you can't do everything. You have people around to help you, so that's what you need to do. And that's a that's great um, how you brought that story out. Uh, even in families, you know, even in families, you always have one who's going to do it and the others will sit back and 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 let that person kill themselves rather than pitch it in. Isn't that the truth? They will literally sit back and watch you and they've getting so conditioned to it that they will, soon as whatever come up, just let that person do it. They let you be the scapegoat for the whole family problems. You know what I'm saying? And they I think it. you said it in one of your uh your post your podcast uh uh, uh that i saw about mm -hmm. being, you gave seven steps oh um, yes and that was one of those things that you talked about in that dysfunction that's a that's a dysfunction mm -hmm. um right there um so you know i know that i have had you for 45 minutes i'm very cognizant of people's time uh, but I want to, to, to just ask you to give us some tips on how can we reclaim our power and our identity? Okay, so the first thing that I would say in order to reclaim it would, that, would be that you have to heal. Number one, you have to go through the process of healing and not around it with whatever coping mechanisms, dysfunctional patterns of behavior and uh, numbing out. You have to go through it. So that, that's number one, okay? And then uh, number two is also being fully aware that you are not powerless. You might feel powerless, but you are not powerless and that you have a choice. So that would be number two. You have a choice. You're not powerless, 
even if it feels like it. And if we've decided to make a choice, we're not make a choice, rather, you're still making a choice. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like the decision to not do anything about the state you're in is making a choice. You see what right. I'm saying? Right. So we're you, that's number two, though. Number one is going through the process of healing. Number two mm-hmm. is being fully aware that you got a choice and you're not powerless. Okay. And then mm-hmm. number three, I would say, would be to ground yourself in your identity in Christ and in Him alone. And all the other relationships will be like having strawberries and whipped cream on top of a Sunday as a bonus. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And when we are ground, when you're grounding, um, uh, number four, I have, when you're grounding yourself in your identity in Christ, okay? When you're doing number three, and I'm on number four, but I'm just referring back to number three, which is grounding yourself in your identity in Christ. So when you're doing number four, when you're grounding, is based upon healing first mm-hmm. and that being priority. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a problem with getting your identity grounded when you haven't healed from what shattered it in the first place, what broke it, what gave you the broken identity. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I really you do. It's like I'm grounded in Christ, I'm grounded, but you still got all this junk that you haven't dealt with. So we can't be fully grounded until we dig and we dig deeper and it's like when you think about an onion you just my therapist told me you know years ago i was going to be pulling back layers from years for years because of uh the marriage i was in and and everything you know even beforehand she said i'd be pulling back layers for years and i was thinking like what i know you gotta be kidding but no it's true you literally pull back in so many layers to the issues that you'll be pulling back but like i said now before it's being grounded in identity christ knowing that it's based upon healing first being a priority that's number four Mm -hmm. and then number five is um knowing that when you're grounded you're steady you're feeling safe and you're firmly planted and you're knowing who you are in christ you're fully knowing it for number five and when you're fully knowing it this is what's going on you're knowing that your birthright is because god adopted you Amen. Jesus is redemption of us on the cross. Okay. Amen. We've already been pre-qualified because of the death and redemption of Jesus on the cross. Okay. Mm And redeeming us from our sins. And then knowing this, we can ground ourselves in our identities. And then once we're grounded in our identities, we can realize our worth as royalty and that we don't have to settle. And what happens is you think about the royal family, okay? Mm-hmm. You think about the royal, how we always talk about the royal family, you know, yeah. this and that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Okay, when you're part of the royal family of Christ, we know our worth, just like when we think of the royal family, we think like, ooh, I don't want to touch them type of thing, right? Right. So just like they know, we know their worth, and they have to walk around with security guys and protection all the time. When we realize we are royalty and God's family, we take the steps to protect ourselves. And those taking those steps are called boundaries. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so, yeah, we're setting up boundaries for ourselves based upon the fact that we realize our worth. So if we're not grounded in our identity in Christ, we can't know 
our worth. We don't know we have value. And if mm. we've not healed, we can't get grounded in our identity in Christ, if that makes sense. You see what I'm saying? All of this t goes together. Yes. It's like you're unraveling, uh, you're unraveling uh, some stuff. Um, yes. As it relates to the, the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So, you, you know, even when you think about something that you really like, okay, you identify that object. This is a whatever. It could be a doubt. Okay. And then when it's something you, you like, you place value on that, right? I don't yeah. want anybody to touch it. Think about it. Even if it's some food, nobody better not touch this in the refrigerator, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you do? You do, you protect it at all costs, right? right? And that's mm -hmm. what we do with ourselves. Once we are grounded in our identity in Christ and we know how much we're worth as part of the family of royalty, we protect that worth and that, that value at all costs with boundaries like we do with objects, okay? Mm -hmm. And then uh, for number six, I got on here to, to say daily affirmations to ourselves to keep us rooted and grounded and just a reminder that in order for those daily affirmations to really full-fledged go through us and help us to stay grounded, rooted and grounded, we have to go back to the beginning again. If we have not healed, we can say all the affirmations and all the mantras that we want to. Something is still going to be broken along the way. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes. yes. We can say affirmations till we're blue in the face, but it will not have any meaning if we have not healed in the beginning in right. order to ground ourselves in our identity in Christ, in order to then know that we're worth value and we're part of royalty in order to set up boundaries. So when we've done all of that, the affirmations is enough. It's just like another like cherry, the whipped cream and, and, and the strawberries and cherries on top. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to leave the listeners with knowing that you are enough. You can reclaim your power and identity today. And the choice is yours. You, you know, you do have a choice. You're not powerless. Yes. You have two choices. You could choose to or not to. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you have two choices. You could choose to or not to. But I, and, and, and yes, we are enough. You are enough. Uh, we are all enough. We are God's uh, jewels. We are mm -hmm. jewels, and God fearfully and He fearfully and wonderfully created us. He created us. Um, it's they says, Lord, who are they that you created them uh, over the angels? We're better than angels. That's deep, isn't it? Yes, he created us. Not only that, that when he created the animals, he didn't blow a, a breath in their nostrils, but he did in man's nostrils. So we have his breath on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome in itself. And it um, it, it, you know, it's so much to unpack here as I begin to look at the various titles of your book like digging deep 
uh, in the in those roots. Yes. Uh, the your my blackness uh, and my broken pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, change your mindset. Break unhealthy patterns. Get off the mat and thrive. When I think of these titles, and I did do some uh, a little reading research as I. Uh, was going through, I was like, wow, this right here speaks to the total man. This is what we're all dealing with at some point of time. Like you said, healing is a process. All of us, uh, you know, there's no magic potion to be healed. No magic potion that we all have to deal with what we're going through. Uh, we cannot escape it. We can't overeat it. We can't sex it. We can't drug it out. Amen. You know, those are unhealthy coping mechanisms. And to sit in pain doesn't feel good. My therapist told me, she said, you know what? You need to take a day once a week to sit in your pain. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> I know the thought of that, right? What? sit in my pain she said yes you need to sit in your pain you need to feel it oh when i even when i think about what she said my body just cringes because like you said earlier what we go through our body retains it mm-hmm. it, it retains that you know because i start feeling a wound, uh, my wounds start hurting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why do I feel like this? Mm -hmm. But when she said that to me, she said, you gotta sit in your pain. Sit in your pain. And as Christians, as believers, like you said, we believe that we can shout it out. Mm -hmm. We can pray it out. We can dance it out. Yep. We can speak word over it. Isn't that the truth? But we got to we got to go through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we scripture it out, like you said. Speak that word over it. You know, you know, and then we rebuke it out. We do all of it out, and 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 our emotional and spiritual sides are two different sides. Even though they work together a lot of times, that's they still true. have to that's, be handled separate. That's that's truly, truly, truly so important that we know that that walking in healing the healing process we got to walk through the healing process of life when you have lost something or someone or you're going through life you got to walk through your healing and you got to sit in your pain mm-hmm. yeah you have to sit in your pain all right tell the people how they can reach you how that you could be found Okay, my website is thevalleyofgrace.com. And it's all as one word, thevalleyofgrace.com. You can find me there. Uh, my email address is Katina Horton as one word, Katina Horton at thevalleyofgrace.com. And then my um, Instagram handle is at T H O R T O N 4792. So it looks like at Thornton 4792. And they can also find me on Facebook. Yes. 
So she's out there. And now can you buy your books off of Amazon or off Yes, your and then if they, they're looking to uh, purchase my books, they can go straight to my website and it'll lead them directly to the link on Amazon. If you go to thevalleyofgrace.com forward slash books, or you don't have to remember all the forward slash books, just go to thevalleyofgrace.com as one word, no spaces, and you will see the books, the link for the books out there, and it will lead you right to purchasing the book on Amazon. And it also, on my website, you can download discussion questions. And I don't have the discussion questions in my books on Amazon. So if you wanna be able to have some discussion questions so you can sit with your uh, healing circles, your support group friends, few of your girlfriends, you know, and sit and go over the book and, and, and meditate and study and help each other heal. You can just download those questions right from thevalleyofgrace.com. Yeah, and because uh, one of the things that I did, your book on the, uh, the journey uh, and walking in, uh, I started reading that. Yes, um, my life story. Yeah, yes, yeah, I, I start reading that, you know, and I, 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 I love uh, how transparent um, you, you have been in that. So yes, oh, thank you. Yes, I love that transparency there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that you gave. You talked about, uh, you know, but you. One thing I, I can say, you brought it all back to the glory of God. Amen. You Amen. brought it all back to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. I and tell you, when we go through things, you know, like they said, it, it can make us or break us, you know? Ooh. It really can. Mm-hmm. And your life is a testimony because, look, you 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 have an undergrad degree as well as a master's degree. And so even in that, you know, you beat the odds. And so that in itself is a blessing. Amen. That Praise in God. itself is a blessing. Because many didn't make it. That's many true. did not make it. Many did not make it. And so I just want to just honor you and thank you uh, for joining me today. Uh, I won't release this. Uh, it'll be released within a, uh, the next week or so. Um, oh, thank you. And uh, so I, I appreciate and and I will get in contact with you and and send you some information and um, we'll talk offline. That sounds very good because okay. I would love to uh, share. You know, once you release the report, and I thank you so much for having me on your show. Okay, thank you too. Okay, okay. God Bye. bless. Bye. Bye bye.